Welcome to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. Therefore now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. The Bible says, who is it that condemns? It's Christ who died and furthermore is risen and seated at the right hand of the Father. What is he doing for all of us? He's praying for you. Don't let condemnation keep you away from fellowship because that is not God. God does not condemn you. Who is it that condemns? The devil? The enemy of your soul? It's Christ who died and furthermore is risen and seated at the right hand of the Father. He's praying for you. He's praying for you. He's praying for you. So don't fall into that trap. It's like, oh, you know, oh, I messed up and this and that. I'm not going to go to church. No, no, just repent. Turn from your sin. Turn to Christ. Let him cleanse you. Let him pour out his Holy Spirit upon you. Don't get robbed of fellowship. Paul the apostle loved the church in Thessalonica. He loved the people. And it's evident as we'll go through and read his writings how much he loved these people because they loved the Lord. Verse 3, it says, remembering without ceasing the work of, can we say that out loud, please? Faith, labor of, and patience of, faith, hope, love. In our Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of our God and Father, knowing, beloved brethren, your, can we say that out loud? Election by God. Some people get real caught up with the word election. I don't know why, maybe because I just, my mind is just so simple. I don't get into this whole big, huge debate like people get involved with this. Oh, yeah, you know, predestined. And, you know, and then there's some churches that said, oh, no, no, you have no, no part in this at all. You're predestined. That's God's choice. That means chosen. So you're elect. So you have no part in this. That's not biblical. We have a part. He, he made us. He didn't make us as robots. He made us with a self-will. We have our own will. He created us with a will. We can decide, but it's up to you to decide if you're going to accept Christ or reject Christ. But when you accept Christ, he knows before it even happens. Why? Very simple. Is God all-knowing or not? So do you think he was surprised when you gave your life to Christ? Like, oh my, I didn't, wow, look at that. <laughs> I never thought that person would get saved. The Bible says he knew before the foundations of the world. Do you know that? He knew you before the foundations of the world. He, he, God knows everything, so he knows if you're going to get saved or not, but you are created with a free will to make a choice. So you make the choice. God already knew the choice you were going to make. To me, that's simple. Election. He chose you before the foundations of the world. But in context, which is talking about here, it says, knowing, beloved brethren, your election, that you were called out, that you were chosen by God. How did they know? Because there is evidence of their walk with the Lord. What? Faith, hope, and love. And that should be the mark of every one of us that are believers. Faith in God, hope that goes beyond the grave, hope of the coming of Jesus Christ, and love poured into our hearts. Faith, hope, and love. These three are so important in our walk with the Lord, and they should be evident in our lives. Matter of fact, we're told that you know this, 1 Corinthians 13, 13. It says, now abide. This means remain. Remain in what? Faith, hope, and what? Love. These three. The greatest of these is love. We're to remain in that. We're to continue in these things. Remain. Continue. Abide. These three are so important, guys. Faith, hope, love. There was evidence of a change in their lives because faith, hope, and love was a big part this church. How did Paul the Apostle know 
that they were walking in faith, hope, and love? Well, one of the reasons why we're told that Timothy went back to Paul the apostle and told him, hey, these guys, there's a great work going over there. There's a change going on. They're, there's, they're walking in faith. They're walking in love. They're walking in hope. And, and I could just imagine Paul the apostle's heart when the, the word came back that these guys are walking in this. I think through this whole thing, as Paul shows up in Thessalonica, it appears like there was not a work, there was no work of the Lord that was taking place. Paul shows up and a work starts. He's forced to, to leave and he, he's, he, he wants to know, how's it going there? What's the news? What's going on? And they're like, they're on fire for the Lord, these guys. There's a group here in this church, a small group that goes out on the streets. There's some of them here. I know Joy takes some people out, Ina and others that are here in this group. They go out on the streets. But not only that, they're going to high schools, different high schools. And Kathleen gets texts from them saying, I mean, a great number of kids are praying to receive the Lord. I'm like, this is so awesome. Do you know there's a mini revival going on with young kids today? There really is. I just met two more from like college age kids that, that just came first service and they're like, you know, I started talking to them. They're like, yeah, you know, we went to college and we got out of, you know, we kind of fell away, but now we're just, we were all in. And one after another, we're just watching these young kids. And I'm going to ask, please keep praying about that, that more of these young kids would be just on fire for Jesus. And we're so that, I remember when the church first started, like 19 years ago, that was our heart. Lord, save these young ones. Save these high schoolers. Save these, because this is the next generation. I, I believe the rapture is going to happen, but if not, these kids need to know the Lord. I don't believe I'll ever retire because I don't believe I'm ever going to get tired. But there's something inside of me that excites me to see the young ones grow up and then finally just to take over the church. Maybe when I'm in a nursing home or something. I don't know. But then I'd have to be, because I'm going to keep preaching until that time comes. But, but, and then just thinking of the work that started here in Sunset Beach. There, no church in Sunset Beach ever in their hundred, over 100-year history, they never had a church. We showed up. Talk about tough ground to break. Their boast used to be they had like 28 drinking establishments and never a church. They would boast in that. I think they even had their own song up with that. I'm not sure. But they, that was their boast. And we showed up and people were like, who are these guys? I mean, it was tough. And just one by one, and then another one by one, and another one by one. People getting changed, lives being transformed, watching the, the work of the Holy Spirit, working in people's lives, and just blown away at what God is doing continually. Just my brain is like, God, You've done far more exceedingly, abundantly, above anything we can even ask or think of. That's what happened in Thessalonica. Gospel went out. People came to Christ. Paul gets word. They're doing great. There's evidence. These people have been changed. They're walking by faith, hope, and love. Talking about the evidence of the faith, I find this very interesting. In verse 8, not only... Check this out. It says, for from you, this is the church in Thessalonica, the word of God, the word of the Lord sounded forth, not only in Macedonia, that's the territory. Actually, Thessalonica was the capital of Macedonia in, in Greece, and Achaia, but also in, can we say that out loud? Every place. Every place. Your faith towards God has gone out so that we do not need to say anything, Paul said. In other words, you guys are so on fire for the Lord Everybody knows who you are. 
Do you know that's happening here in this church? Every time I'm out, I get people, like grocery stores constantly, people come up to me and they either tell me one or two things. Hi, Pastor, I'm so-and-so. I go to your church and I'll you know, usually recognize them and say, oh, hiya. And then they'll, they'll come up to me and say, they'll say, um, I've heard so much about your church. And I was like, well, what are you hearing? That your church is really on fire for Jesus and you're standing up for truth and that you're going through the Bible? And then I'll ask them what church they go to. And this will be, this is, I'll just tell you what I say. If they, they name a church that I know real well that's real woke and is not standing up and it's watered down, I'll say, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's what I do. And typically with their responses, oh, I know. <laughs> or they say, I know, and we're coming to your church is what they usually say. But seriously, why? Because there's something going on here. What, the Holy Spirit's working People are walking in faith, hope, and love. We're standing up for truth. We're exposing darkness. That's what we're called to do, to be salt and light of the earth. And we're, we're not ashamed. We're not afraid to talk about things that are going on. And we use the word of God to, to, to kind of shine a light on what's happening. Enemies within the church, that movie that we're going to show. I mean, this is reality, guys. Notice it doesn't just say faith, love, and hope, but it says work of faith, labor of love. I looked at these words, this word work, it's very interesting. It's, it means labor, toil, to do good deeds. So labor of faith or uh, toil of faith. But the, the one that really interests interest me is the, the word labor, for labor of love. It's, this word literally means intense, excuse me, intense labor with trouble. You guys aren't too excited about that word, are you? <laughs> That's what it means. Intense labor or toil with trouble. Whenever we preach the gospel, whenever you teach the word, whenever we're worshiping Jesus, whenever you're standing up for truth, we have to expect there's going to be opposition. Uh, over the years, I've seen so many, this has happened, I mean, okay, 19 years ago, we started 19, 2003, May 18, 2003, when the work started. I've seen this happen time and time again. This happens a lot. People will come to us, Pastor, oh yeah, we need to have this ministry, we need to do this, and I feel called to this, and I believe the Lord's calling me, and, I, blah, blah, and this is what, you know, and it's like, awesome, yeah, let's pray, okay, if you feel called, let's do this. A short period of time, it's folded. It's like, what happened? Well, you know, this happened, and this happened, and opposition. That's like, expect that. I know. So what happened? You said you know you're called to this. Well, I know. I guess I'm not called to this. And, and it's discouraging to see how the enemy can come in. Guys, when we put your hand at the plow, when you stand up for things that are right, expect attacks. You're going to get attacked. And in the work of the Lord, there's going to be, you know, it's not like this cakewalk. It's like, I think people think that the ministry is just cakewalk. I've had people say, oh, I can't wait to get out of the corporate world. I want to be in ministry so I can just kind of take it easy. <laughs> Let me tell you, I've been in the corporate world. The warfare is harder on this side than that side. Why? Because the word of God is going forth. Lives are being transformed. People are being changed. There's opposition. But listen, that's the bad news. The good news is that God's with us. And God will use, listen, that God will use that opposition in your life and my life to transform us and to change us, to make us more like him. Nothing will come your way or my way without it being filtered through the loving hands of Christ. 
but there will be opposition. There will be trouble. And so don't let the trouble, but the, the problem is, is people look at, oh, there's trouble. That must not be of God because there's trouble going on. No, that's probably of God because the enemy's mad. And there's opposition. Paul the Apostle, this is Paul the Apostle. This is the, the guy that, that, that penned much of the New Testament. The reason why he's writing from Corinth because he got, ran out of town when he was in Thessalonica. Labor of love. That's the name of the outreach that we did on the beach for seven years. It was called Labor of Love Music Fest. Remember that? It was a lot of hard work, I can tell you that. Matter of fact, we would start we would start scheduling it a year. As soon as the, the one concert stopped, we started scheduling like the next Monday, that Monday. We would start scheduling, putting together, putting everything. Why? Because there was a lot to do. But when the gospel went out and people started giving their lives to Christ, gang members, whole gang members, all of them raising their hands and crying and giving themselves to Jesus, going to the water and baptizing for over two hours, guess what? It's like, what labor? Kind of like a, a mother going through, you know, having a child. It's like after the child, the joy for the child, you're like, wow, the labor was bad, but this child is so beautiful. You might have heard this before. Remember the, the story of the young little girl? She's holding this baby that's almost her size, and she's carrying the baby all around. And finally, a concerned woman looks at the little girl and says, she says, honey, isn't that baby too heavy for you? And she goes, no, he's not too heavy. He's my brother. <laughs> that's a good illustration when we do the work of the Lord. Yeah, it's heavy. It's, it's not burdensome. Why? Because our motivation, our what motivates us is our faith and love. And if your faith, or if, you're, if you're, your service to the Lord, your labor for the Lord's not done with faith in Christ Jesus and your love for Christ and the love for his people, it's going to be burdensome. And I see it a lot. I hear that in the church. I, I never understood still to this day. You say, well, pastor, we're getting burnt out. It's like, how can you get burnt out? If the Holy Spirit's really, I get it, we get tired and we have a physical body, I get that. I served under Pastor Chuck Smith for many years and watching him, I can tell you one thing, Pastor Chuck Smith never burnt out. Why? Because it wasn't him. It was Jesus. It was his love for Jesus. He, he knew his calling, he used his calling, but it was the, the, the love of Jesus Christ that motivated him. It wasn't, it wasn't a, a job, it wasn't an occupation, it was the leading of the Holy Spirit. And I get it, we have physical bodies. I get people ask me, Pastor, uh, three services, how, isn't that really hard on you? I said, no, I actually love it. I mean, you love doing three services? I go, yeah, I never thought I would, but I, I, I actually love doing three services. I think I have more energy the third service than I do the first service. <laughs> this is not an occupation. I'm not a hireling. I'm not doing this for money. I, I'm doing it for my love of Christ. God changed my life radically, and I'm just trying to help others to get to know the one that saved me and those that already know him. I'm doing my best to use the gift and calling of pastoring and teaching the word of God as simply as I can. But make sure the motivation of your servanthood to the Lord, and you should be serving the Lord, make sure it's always done, motivated by love and your faith for Jesus Christ, in Jesus Christ. Because listen, if not, it's gonna be burdensome. What are we told? 1 John 5, 3, it says, For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not what? 
they're not burdensome. They can be burdensome if we lose that love for our Lord. Even keeping his commandments can start being burdensome. Like, oh, this is heavy, Lord. And No, if you're going through the commandments of God, the God's ways are burdensome to you. I just want to encourage you, get back into a loving relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Turn back to him, because his way should not be, can we say it one more time? Burdensome, amen? And then patience of hope. So we looked at the work of faith, labor of love, but here's this hope, patience of hope. Uh, Patience, uh, patiently waiting, I believe, for Jesus Christ to come. They had hope that went beyond the grave, and that's another evidence of our faith. We should all have that faith, or excuse me, that hope of Christ coming, and I truly believe we could very well be that generation that'll be raptured. And that's just gonna be, I can't even imagine that, but we should have that hope. If you don't have that hope for Christ to come and to make things right, there could be a problem and you should check and ask the Lord, Lord, I need that hope. I want that hope. The closer we get to the coming of Jesus Christ or the rapture of the church, I believe what's gonna happen is persecution of the church is gonna get worse. Do you guys know that? The Jews and Christians will be persecuted more and more, biblically speaking. Did you see this? This goes great with this. How about this? Do you guys see this? The View co-host blames Christian nationalism for mass shootings. It's our fault. Christian nationalism? So we should be Christian globalists? Last time I looked at my Bibles, um, the Antichrist will be a globalist and the false prophet will be a globalist. Of course we, we stand and love our country that we live in, but interesting, isn't it? So... And you've got this prominent Catholic priest encourages church to celebrate Gay Pride Month. So this is, they call this Gay Pride Month. So what, what I believe what they're doing is it's, okay, so people like myself, when I say homosexuality is a sin, lesbianism is a sin. So they, they turn that around and say, you're a hater. No, no, God loves each person, just like the, the drunkard. Drunkardness is sin. God loves the, that person that's stuck in, in, in being uh, drunk. Adultery is a sin. These are sins. So we're getting to a place where if we call this out, we're going to look like we're the bad people, right? So when the rapture happens, they're gonna, I believe what's going to happen, when we get raptured, they're going to think, oh, finally the earth purged itself of those haters. And the way it's been going, did you see what the UFO stuff that's been getting heightened, even in Congress. I mean, it's a big, before they would keep everything secret. Now they want everyone to know there's UFOs, there's aliens. That's going to be interesting. So then you've got a Barna poll study finds 37% of pastors have biblical worldview, only 37%. Then the, the headline says, spiritual awakening needed in our pulpits. I truly believe that 37% is very high. I think it's much lower than that, but there, there is a spiritual awakening that's needed in the pulpits. Why? Because many uh, pastors are not holding a, a biblical worldview. So you got that. And then we showed this on Tuesday night, but I want to show it again. It says MasterCard is now enabling you to pay using your face or hand. This just shows us we're getting one step closer. So they're already using this system, uh, MasterCard in Brazil. Um, it says they're going to roll this out uh, Later this year, they're going to have this a global thing. So we get to pay with our face or hand. Does that sound familiar? 
So I went to Amazon Fresh uh, on Warner. Did you guys go? Anybody go there at all? I got a couple of hands. Sorry, I went. I went. I know. It's not the mark of the beast. I'm not going to get damned for all eternity. <laughs> I know. I get you. I, I, I know. It's the woman he gave me that wanted to go. No. <laughs> it's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. <laughs> she didn't want to go, though. But that's another story. <laughs> so listen. So you do not, listen, you do not have to go to the register. No lines to wait in. Guys, what I'm, the point I'm trying to get at is the technologies here that, we, that uh, Revelation 13, 16 talks about. To buy or sell with a mark on the right hand of the floor. The technology's here. So we didn't have to do anything. We didn't have to wait in line. All we had to do was scan our forehead or our right hand. No, we didn't do that. Just, a, just seeing if you're paying attention. But my phone was in the right hand, though. <laughs> so we scanned the phone with the app open. So we did it. So we, we scanned that, walked around, put stuff in our cart. You go to the exit, you scan it again, and they send you a receipt, supposedly in five or six hours. We got it late the next day. So the technology's there. It's so funny, we got charged for a rotisserie chicken when we never bought a rotisserie chicken. She was actually, my wife was reading the ingredients, and they got cameras all over, so I guess they thought we purchased this. So it's not, it's not foolproof yet. They're still working on it. But the technology's there, guys. They had hope in the second coming. They were waiting patiently for the Christ's return. The word even patient means they were enduring until the end. That church was under heavy persecution. Guys, we haven't seen anything. My prayer, my hope is that the rapture happens before it gets any worse. And I've said this, I said this last Sunday, and I just want to repeat this. The technology where we're at today fits biblical prophecy. If we get too far advanced, it's not going to fit biblical prophecy. We're there. So look up, because your redemption is drawing near. As we wind this down to a close, I want to skip right to the very end of this letter talking about the second coming of Jesus Christ, it says, for you yourself know perfectly that the day of the Lord, the day of the Lord is when he comes to judge the earth, the day of the Lord, so comes as a, can we say it out loud? Thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden what? Destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman and they shall not escape. That's the tribulation. They're not going to escape. They're not going to escape the the wrath that will be poured out on this earth. But you, this is us, brethren, are not in what? So that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of what? And sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep. Anybody sleeping here? Wake up. <laughs> Spiritual spe spiritually speaking, don't sleep. God has a call in your life. God wants to use you. Don't sleep spiritually, as others do, but let us watch and be. That's what we're to do, watching. They were patiently watching. They were hoping, and that's what we're to be doing, watching for the coming of the Lord. Look up, because your redemption draws not. Being sober means sober-minded for the things of the Lord. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. A lot of terrible stuff happens at night in darkness. But let us, who are of the day, be sober. There it is again. Putting on the breastplate of what? Faith and love. And as a helmet, the hope 
of salvation. When we see that again, faith, hope, and love, evidence of our faith. Amen? So as we close, evidence of our faith, I pray each of us have evidence of our faith and that our faith, hope, and love would increase as we patiently wait for our Lord's return. Hi, this is Pastor Joe, and I'd like to take a moment to personally invite you to one of our three services here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor in Huntington Beach. Our service times are 9 a.m., 10.45 a.m., and 12.30 p.m. Please come and say hi after the service. I would love to meet you. For more information, check out our website at ccoth.com. That's ccoth.com. God bless you. You've been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettit and Outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. Our new location is at 4121 Warner Avenue in Huntington Beach at the beautiful Huntington Harbor Marina. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.